It is two games, uh, but you know, every every game is important. You know, so uh, we have a lot of things we're going to be able to learn from. Uh, we got to start learning and winning at the same time. Uh, you know, that's important for us. We'll be able to learn something from this as well. Uh, no question about it. We have to learn how to win, and um, it starts with me. The execution that we had in the first half, uh, we did not execute each play with uh, the detail I think that we should have the way that we did in the first half. I'd rather them do it. To see, to see Isaiah come up big with that play, stripping the ball, and then Murph having the awareness to pick it up, scoop and score. Um, got lucky. Got lucky with that one, but uh, I'm just glad. I'm glad we won the game. Quick throw. Renfro at the 39. Backs out of it, goes forward. He's hitting the Balls ball, again. fumbled again. It's loose on the Cardinals sideline. They pick it up. It's Murphy down the far sideline, racing towards the end zone, and Arizona scores to win it in overtime. Usually I've just lost and I'm super hungover on Sundays in Vegas, so this was a good, a good change-up. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Wait, was that Kingsbury saying he's usually hungover on Sundays in Vegas? Usually I've just lost and I'm super hungover on Sundays in Vegas, so this was a good, a good change-up. Does he fly here after they lose a game on Sunday? I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I think With if no they shoes, play, No they, socks on and shoes? I think if they play... Thursday, yeah. they play Thursday night football. There's a good chance we see him at the at the Bellagio pool on Saturday. One thing about Derek Carr, he is always willing in post game press conferences to take the blame for a loss, mm -hmm. which I think that's a good thing from your quarterback. The problem though is that he has to do it so often because they have <laughs> lost so much in his career. Like, they haven't even been here for half of his career. And I feel like... Not even close. Yeah, and I feel like, wow, I've heard him say that a lot. It starts with me. Or I'll take the blame, right? And it's like, that's normally a good thing. You want your quarterback to sort of stand up. But it's like, Jesus, he has to say that yeah. a lot. <laughs> He's got to take the blame for losses so much. Usually quarterbacks that lose this much don't actually stick around. Lower winning percentage than Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill... <laughs> I mean, seriously, Nick Foles, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota. Hey, they should have gotten the Marcus Mariota guy at some point. All right, you ready to give out some grades? Let's go. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Raise, raise. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jack Fanning. First topic to grade. Kyler Murray's first two-point conversion. A++ plus plus pass. A++ plus plus pass. <laughs> I thought it was one of the most incredible plays I've seen. Um, 20 seconds yep. is how Over long that yards. play was. From snap until Kyler Murray ran it across the goal line for yep. a two-point conversion. Um, Kyler Murray was incredible. Absolutely hilarious play. Uh, the... It's the funniest thing I've ever seen on a two-point conversion. I'm going to give the Raiders a nice, solid F. F. 
because the Raiders on this two-point conversion elected to rush three guys, and they dropped eight into coverage. And all three weighed over 350 pounds. <laughs> I actually feel bad for them. They probably get the only passing grade because they made Kyler Murray run around. Give them a B, Jared. B. But the other eight guys. So what you're telling me here, and I'm like 90% certain they were in a zone defense. They let Kyler Murray run into the end zone? Untouched. How did nobody from yeah, those eight in the end zone run up and try yeah. to hit once Kyler they, Murray? Once they saw him take off. Right. Because he took off from like the 10. Right. How did none of the other eight have the realization, oh, he's going to try to run it in? Right. There are eight of us. They only can have five eligible receivers. We should be able to figure this out. There are eight of us. Why isn't one of us a spy on Kyler Murray, who just literally like five yards out just sort of follows him around and just is like, I'm hoping you don't run, but I'm here if you do. Yeah, well, it might not have mattered. One of the funniest things from the yeah, UNLV trying game. To tackle him. Yeah, one of the funniest things from the UNLV game was in the second half, they put a spy on Doug Brumfield, and that guy couldn't catch him. <laughs> right. He was just like. He, could, he was so slow. It was like the, they had a spy. They were just wasting a player because he, could, he couldn't get to Doug Brumfield if Brumfield scrambled. So I think even if they put a spy, it wouldn't have mattered. But an F for the Raiders because just, just at least come tackle him. I mean, Jonathan Abram almost got there, but come on. That's that's pathetic to let him run it in. If he breaks a tackle or jukes a guy, okay. That's one thing. But he just ran from like the 15-yard right. line to the pylon, and nobody from the Raiders was like, hi, I should go tackle that guy. All right, next topic to grade. Kyler Murray's second two-point conversion. I'm going to give this rocket an A. A. A.J. Green in the back, he pointed to him, put it over <laughs> put it over the defensive uh the defensive back's uh, outstretched arms, right to A.J. Green. I thought it was a hell of a pass. 37-year-old A.J. Green. Yeah, yeah. That that w- pass I thought was amazing. was unbelievable. Great pass. I can't even give the Raiders' defense a bad grade on that one because other than, I guess, sacking Kyler Murray in the first three seconds, there wasn't much different they could have done, right? No, I mean, they were AJ, on him. Right, A.J. Green was not exactly open. No. And hell, I don't know who it was. Somebody, I think maybe it was Roderick Teamer's hand, Almost deflected the pass. Like we're talking inches. There was away a question from if he kind of didn't control it all the control way. Control it yeah. all the way. But, but like they weren't going to overturn that at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I don't believe the Raiders deserve too much blame. Again, maybe you can get some pressure and force Kyler Murray to move, but otherwise, that's just an incredible play. And the most incredible part about it to me is the uh, replay angle from like behind, where you're almost on field level. Right. How right. the hell did Kyler Murray? See that, let alone throw it. He was pointing to it too. Like right. Yeah, he was pointing to it. Kyler Murray's tiny. He had to see through like ten C. people yeah. just to see. C. AJ Green in the back of the end zone. A. A plus for Kyler Murray. Yep. A right. plus. Next topic. Devontae Adams touchdown celebration. C. C. You gotta finish it, man. You gotta finish it. Incomplete. Why are you giving him a C? Incomplete. That's a good one. Incomplete. That's, that, that's actually a better one. You got to finish it. They, a lot of people could. Those guys are all athletic. They could jump up and put it through the legs. But don't you have to go over the top? At least lay it in. I don't know if you have to dunk it, but you have to lay it over the top. He didn't even. He didn't even let go of the ball. He gets an F. F. For anybody that did, doesn't know, Adams after scoring a touchdown, uh, he tried to dunk on the uprights, but he also tried to go between the legs before dunking, and he didn't jump high enough. 
So after going you, between the yeah, legs, but you didn't shoot it. He just grabbed the ball do and, something. and landed. Um, don't attempt that if you can't do it. Yeah. If I mean, you can't dunk that, don't even try to do the between the legs dunk. Just don't don't try unless you know people you were can on do Twitter that. saying, "Oh, he's like LeBron." No, LeBron dunks it. Yeah, LeBron would not have. LeBron would not, not have dunked. just held onto the basketball and fallen out of bounds. Right. Uh, so that is an F celebration. F because that was clearly somehow premeditated. He ran straight to do it, and he couldn't do it. So you you get an F for that one. F not very good. All right, next topic: the WNBA's scheduling. Well, F the they worst. Did, the worst. They went back to back. They did this on two consecutive Sundays. To do to go opposite the NFL. All right. They deserve an F. They do. F. But I'm giving them a C. C. Because even though this game, game four of the WNBA Finals, was on an NFL Sunday, which is a nightmare, it was timed almost perfectly so that halftime of the afternoon games was right when the fourth quarter of this game was being played. Meaning... Halftime of the games, you watch the entire fourth quarter of the Aces. Yeah, who switched over? I did. Well, you. I did. mean, I had multiple. I, TVs. Yeah, he, he didn't switch TVs. over. He you just sort of like I, the Aces I moved his small TV to the yeah, big TV. You're, you're, were the Aces on the big TV? No. Well, well Raiders quarter. were, and then for the fourth no, quarter, you switched it. Aces got the big TV. Yeah, because it was timed up well enough for halftime. Most of that, fourth and the Raiders quarter was game was over there. anyway. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah, okay, of course I'm going to watch the rest of the Aces game. It's twenty to nothing. But then they blew it. All right. Here you go. Here's a here's a fun topic for you. Mark Davis saying he didn't check the score of the Raiders game. Check. Incomplete. Incomplete. He told me he wouldn't do it. But like you said, this is hours after the celebration, after the champagne, after holding the trophy up in a loft and hugging everyone and shaking Lambeer's hand. Here's the thing. I think it's more likely... Okay, so last week when he told me last week when he did the football game or the basketball game, he told everybody, don't tell me anything about the basketball game. I get too emotionally invested. Some guy came up and said, Mark, they're up forward two minutes left. <laughs> He's like, come on! Don't do that. This week, I think it's more likely someone went up and said, Mark, you blew a 20-point lead. Instead of him actually checking it. So, because everyone knew the Raiders were playing. Right. The The tweet from was from Nancy Armour of USA Today. Um, at 4.59 p.m. So we're talking roughly two hours after the Aces game was over. The tweet says, Mark Davis didn't know what happened in the Raiders game, hadn't even checked the score, which given how it ended, is probably not the worst thing. I do not believe that he did not know the score of the Raiders game two hours after the Aces game ended. I do not believe Right, that. because he, what he said was, I won't worry about football till after the basketball right. game. And like you said, almost guaranteed somebody saw him and said something about the Raiders almost guaranteed that. So even if he didn't watch it or something on his phone or check the highlights, he, he knew his team blew a 20, nothing lead at halftime two hours after the aces won the title. He had to have, I, I believe his team blew that game. A reporter asked him, Hey, what about the Raiders? And he said, I didn't watch it. I've he, been he's like holding a trophy going, I, I don't care right now. <laughs> I have a trophy. <laughs> All right. Next topic to grade, Ed, this is for you. Santana doing the national anthem. I mean, I stood and was very excited about it, so I'm going to give him an A. A. I did not see an any a. of it, so I have it I got no idea. Could yeah, have been a terrible fine. one. Could have been a good one. No, it was no clue. fine. Jamming. Okay. 
How is it was fine the equivalent to A? Ed's a, Ed's a lenient grader most of the time. He gives Devontae Adam a C Check first. plus. Um, all right. What about Nelly? Halftime show. I can Okay, I'm going to give him an A for this reason. A. Cassie Soto rapped the entire song. So Ooh, Cassie the gets entire an a. Cassie song? Gets, Cassie gets an A. Well, maybe well, not the entire song. Maybe not the entire song, but a lot of it. I'm, In fact, she was screaming I mean, at me because I wasn't paying attention whatsoever. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I wasn't paying attention whatsoever. So she's screaming at me, and she's only like one place down. It's Adams between uh, Cassie and I, and she wanted me to know that she was was you know rapping along with them. Okay, she so wanted you to know what did he what did he play? Country grammar, like what what did he play? Like what was what song did he? Okay. Okay, Tyler, I need you to do some deep dives so that I can get in uh, karaoke versions so that I can fade them up and we can just see. Like, basically, we'll tell Cassie so uh, at any time a Nelly song will break out during this interview. You have and to wrap You it. just got to go. You just uh, got to go, man. So Cassie Soto gets an A. That's a, that's a good one. A. All right. Last one. Which one? I don't know oh, which ahead. one. I hope you go with this one because I don't know what you're talking about. The cameraman? Did he get taken out? Okay, no, no, no. This is um, for people that watch it on TV only. And I don't even know if people paid much attention to it. Jared, the cameraman gets an F. F. I don't know who the main cameraman was for CBS. This is the Raiders game. Yes. But for the love of God, why did he zoom in so much? It was unbelievable. You could not see more than like two players at a time for half of this game. It's one of the most annoying things I've dealt with. Where There were times... Where Derek Carr's taking a snap and half of his body was off the screen. It was in I had to adjust my TV like three times. Like, is it me? It wasn't. It was the cameraman. Zoomed in way too far. You could not see anything except the one player that had the ball. And God forbid they run a play action pass. I don't he think did the not feed know. to the press box was the same. I, I will say though, also, I don't think that's on the cameraman, because you have a cameraman whenever you're like, whenever you're directing a live television. You have a cameraman whose whole job is stay zoomed in. What you should be doing as the director going is going, well, that's camera D. Camera D, well, no. just do whatever you want. Well, you don't ever take camera D. This was the main camera. This is they snap the ball and then he zooms in oh, on wherever yeah, the ball no, went. That's, oh, yeah. This was the main camera. Like, I would instead be of in saying, that dude's ear going, right. what the hell are you doing? It was mildly infuriating watching it because there there are plays where it's like you don't know exactly what's happening down the field at all because he zoomed in like the even the game winning touchdown return the, when Byron Murphy's running down the sideline all you see is Byron Murphy you don't uh, somebody could have tracked him down but you would have no idea because he was so zoomed in you just see the guy with the ball do you think he let it go before he crossed the line no, I think he was in, I think but he was, was close. I think he was God, in. that would have been funny. Yeah. What is if it? He had the Leon Lett? Oh, yeah, my God. Great. If he had dropped the ball and it had been a touchback. I, technically, I think it's the Don Beebe where you literally. <laughs> yes. God, that yes. would have been no! Yes. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we'll jump back into the Aces and Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's Briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's Briefs. Eddie, you ready for a hot take? Ed gave us the hot take earlier. Yes. 
that UNLV is going to a bowl game. I'm here to give you this hot take. The Las Vegas Aces of 2022 are the best basketball team in the history of this city. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jared, get ready. They were UNLV fans calling in. They were as... I got it on. I got the phone turned off. <laughs> That's a good thing right now. We're giving away tickets soon. You're going to have to turn <laughs> it back on. Yes, I will when we start giving away tickets. The Aces were as dominant as a WNBA team can be. If you run through the possible awards or accolades a team can accomplish, they got the one seed. They were the best team in the regular season. They had the MVP on their team. They had the defensive player of the year on their team. They had the coach of the year on their team. They had the most improved player on their team. They had four players elected to an all-star game. They had the all-star game MVP. They had two players named to the all-WNBA team. First team. Yes. Yes. They had the finals MVP because they won the WNBA Mm -hmm. championship. The only... The only awards, accolades, whatever you want to say, that the Aces did not win this year. They did not win Rookie of the Year. They did not win. They didn't have a bench. They did not. (laughs) They did not win Sixth Woman of the Year. (laughs) They didn't have a bench. And they did not win Executive of the Year, which I would argue. That's a little bit surprising. Their front office was, they they traded their first and second round picks. I mean, Bill Lambeer? <laughs> if Lambeer won executive, but of the he went executive. He year. should have. You said he built the roster. He, you're he built right. the team. You're, he got snubbed. Bill Lambeer got snubbed. The guy who's not in the league should have won yes, executive, executive of the year. year. He's I, out on a track. I built, do agree. Call, there's a call from uh, the the league office. I actually agree with this. He built this team. He should have won yes. executive of the year. But those are the only three things they did not win, and I would argue those are the three least important accolades you could get in a season, right? Sixth woman of the year, rookie of the year in a league where the rookies get cut. Even they had the eighth overall pick and they, and they cut her, right? So, and then executive of the year. They won everything you could possibly win. You compare it to the UNLV teams of 90 and 91. That's First the off, comparison if the 91 team beats Duke for back to back, they're the best team that you, that Las Vegas has ever seen. They're probably the best college basketball team of all time, right? But they did not win the championship. And I don't believe you can sit here and tell me, hey, the best team in the city's history did not win the championship. 35-1, and great record, is not a champion. So you go to the team that did win the championship in 1990. They did not have the Naismith Player of the Year. They did not have the Naismith Coach of the Year. The two biggest awards that get handed out in college basketball. Obviously, they had the MVP of the NCAA tournament because they won it and Normal, I think it's happened twice, but normally... Most outstanding player, yeah. Yeah, you win most outstanding player if you're on the champion there. The best or most impressive or whatever phrase you want to use, basketball team in the city's history is the one that just won everything there is to win in the WNBA. Turn the phones on. (laughs) (laughs) They are. They are. They absolutely (laughs) are the best that we have seen. I don't think there's any doubt about it, right? Look, I'm not gonna. I I, oh, I wasn't here for the UNLV championships. I know about them. I I watched them play. Um, so I'm not gonna disagree with you that that one team didn't win the title. So you know your point's valid. I I'd love to get UNLV fans on the phone because you know 
they are about those. Scenes. I would not because <laughs> because Jared does not want to answer all those calls. I'll, I'll well, it's you... not even I don't want to answer those calls. It's that we only have a ten second delay. <laughs> I'll give you this. And hot after take the as third well. slur that Tyler gets called, I'm going to be like, well, I guess I'm just dropping this guy, and I got no way to get the next guy on the air. <laughs> I'll give you this hot take too. Uh, UNLV when they won the national championship won ninety. In 90, one of the easiest paths to the NCAA tournament championship of all time. Ah, you've had this take before. Yeah, yeah. 16 seed, 8 seed, 12 seed, 11 seed, 4 seed, 3 seed. They did not have to beat a fellow number one or Or a number two two seed to win the title. They did not have to beat a top eight seed or higher than an eight seed to get to the four to get to the final four. And then once there, they got to play a four and a three. One of the easiest paths that anybody has ever had on their way to a title. Now, they won three games by 30 points, right? (laughs) They blew some of those teams out. Including the championship. Yes, they won the championship by 30 points. They beat uh, 11 seed Loyola Marymount by 30, and they beat 16 seed Arkansas Little Rock by 30. So they blew half of those teams out, but it is one of the easiest paths a team has ever had to winning a title. The best team the city has ever seen play basketball is the Las Vegas Aces of 2020. Yeah, they didn't have to go through Chicago. <laughs> we got, they did what, not. What was, what was the, Connecticut seeded? Uh, two or three. I can't. Uh, they were three. Connecticut was the three. Chicago was the two. Oh, Seattle was the four. Yeah, Seattle was the four. Yeah, the best team the Aces played was the four seed in the semis. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was like. I feel like I feel like this this take is getting backpedaled on very quickly. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. Beating Seattle was more impressive than any of the wins the that UNLV had in the NCAA tournament. On the year they Thank won. Thank God you don't leave yeah. your house. What do you mean? I don't even think it's that hot of a take anymore now that I've talked about it. <laughs> it's a cool take. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Oh. Nothing there. Uh, all right. Since you've been in Vegas, where does this championship rank among Las Vegas sports accomplishments, events, however you want to phrase that? Can I include getting the NFL? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, anything you can include. Yeah, I mean, I think getting the NFL was by far yeah. the biggest, biggest accomplishment. I think because I agree with you. Ooh. I think landing an NFL, NFL team, team. Yeah, I think the Golden Knights' first year bigger than this, even though they didn't win the Stanley Cup. I right, think but that, as an expansion team, that to get to the final year was bigger than this. Outside of that, since I've been here and you've been here longer than me, but since I've been here. UNLV hasn't been to a bowl game or the NCAA tournament, so nothing either one of those programs have done. The one-off events like the Pro Bowl or the All-Star Game, the NHL All-Star Game, none of that's been as big. Like, I love that the Gold Cup Final was here, but I don't think that was as big as the Aces winning the title. So since I've been here, which were what are we in the eighth year? I've looked at you know, it's getting the NFL is the number one. Yeah, I, I would the go NFL franchise. NFL land, just landing it, not any of the actual games. But no, just landing land, it. just getting a team. The Golden Knights first season because that's one of the most incredible things we've ever seen. And then I think this Aces season is the third best thing. And I've again eight years since I've been here. And then number four is um like everyone collectively standing up and going no thank you to the Oakland A's. giving zero tax dollars to the Oakland A's that's actually and that's an upset too I would have thought is there anything well we don't know yet you've well you've been here longer than me is there anything outside of those eight years Uh, that you would put like there was not a it wasn't the USFL Lon Lon Kruger sweet 16 oh okay see I was going with the what was it the Las Vegas locomotives they won twice (laughs) Uh-oh. They bankrupted I they, the league. I think the Locos won twice. Uh-oh. 
No, I covered Lons 316, but this is a championship. No. Yeah. I think the runaway winner is that you you became an NFL city and what that means. You're getting a Super Bowl here. Um, I think that's the number one thing is just the landing. Like you said, not the team yet. I mean, right. They went to the playoffs and lost right away, and today yeah. and they're zero and two this year. They, they've had they had some fun, memorable games last year, but nothing that was truly a moment or anything no. like that, right? Maybe if they beat if they had beaten the Bengals in the first round of the playoffs, maybe that would be up there. Even though it didn't happen here, you could put that up there. But a ten win season, yeah, probably not as much no. as the Aces winning the title. But all right, coming up next, Brad Powers joins the show. Waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose. And it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Ball game! Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield, returns it for a touchdown. And the Cardinals win. Go Flags! What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now is Brad Powers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Check out bradpowersports.com. Um, all right, Brad, in the world of college football, we got to we gotta start locally here in Vegas. Do you think UNLV might actually be a good Mountain West team? Oh, I certainly, especially when you look at the conference this year. You know, Nevada's way down. Uh, Hawaii is terrible. Utah State, team that they're playing this week. Uh, has left a lot to be desired. I mean, that's a big reason why UNLV's favored on the road. So uh, Boise State isn't what they used to be. Air Force just got tripped up uh, in a shocking upset to Wyoming. So I would say the conference is very wide open. Jay Kaner might be hurt for Fresno State, not only as a bull bit on the, on the horizon for UNLV, but maybe even a run for, uh, you know, at the Mountain West Championship. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Mountain West title game. Oh man, Ed's Ed's going to be very happy. Ed predicted him to go to a bowl game. He's not even taking that next step yet, though. So, uh, do you have any like logic, any reasoning for why the Mountain West is so bad this year? Uh, I mean, at least at the bottom. I mean, they had three of the least experienced teams in the entire country, uh, and not only this season, but historically speaking, like Nevada and Hawaii. I mean, just the unbelievable roster turnover. Uh, Wyoming's exceeded expectations. They've kind of been a, a, a shock that they've been able to overcome that. But uh, I think it kind of started at the start of this, you know, evaluating these teams in the offseason. You thought three or four of them would be really bad. What I didn't expect is, uh, you know, the, the top of the conference isn't as strong as what I expected it to be. So, I mean, San Diego State's taking a big step back. Utah State, the defending champ, I thought would take a step back, but maybe not this much. Uh, I don't know if it's a talent issue or, or, or what. I think a lot of it, though, guys, I mean, you look at the last couple of years, a lot of head coaching turnover, and you haven't had a lot of stability in the conference. All right. You you give them a bowl game potential. You give them a run at a Mountain West title spot. Um, does UNLV have a shot to beat Notre Dame in a few weeks? Come on. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I don't think so, but then again, I would have had the same answer as Marshall against Notre Dame, but uh, we'll see. I mean, that's going to be still uh you know a three touchdown plus point spread and i'm sure notre dame is not going to overlook anybody at this point what what's the biggest problem with notre dame well being a notre dame fan i could kind of see it on the horizon i mean it was recruiting or lack thereof by the previous staff uh particularly at some important positions uh at offensive skill quarterback i mean i think is number one uh 
I mean, Drew Pine shouldn't be a starting quarterback in Notre Dame. It should be starting at, at you know, a Mac school or, or, you know, Wyoming or something. So I can't believe it's at that point. Uh, and then, I mean, they don't have any playmakers really, uh, you know, outside of Michael Mayer at tight end and maybe a couple of their backs are okay, but they don't have really anybody on the outside. So it really starts there. And then, of course, you got a, I mean, a young head coach, a young offensive coordinator. So there's some youth and inexperience there, but the really lack of talent is uh, the most pressing issue for the Irish. Uh, I'm stealing a take from Adam Hill, which is something I should probably never do, but he thinks they're going to be 1-5 going into that game against UNLV. Do you think they lose to North Carolina, BYU, and Stanford in a row? No, I don't. They'll win at least one. I mean, they did figure some things out you know, in the second half against Cal. I mean, Cal's not that great, but they are pretty solid defensively. Notre Dame started really leaning on them with their offensive line. So I think they're able to win at least one of those. Uh, I, am little, I mean, the market loves Notre Dame. The fact that that's a pick game this week against North Carolina. I bet North Carolina. I think North Carolina wins. But, I mean, the market's going <laughs> to disagree with that one. I, Notre Dame would be a sizable favorite at home against Stanford. Whose tenure was worse, Herm Edwards or Scott Frost? Oh, Scott Frost by far. I mean, I know there's some off-field issues for Arizona State, but, I mean, at least they went to bowl games. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Scott Frost is way worse. In fact, I mean, I can make a case. that I mean, I really had some extremely low expectations for Herm. I didn't think it would work out, and obviously it ended up not, but I can make a case that, for a couple seasons, he exceeded my expectations. I mean, I lost season win total bets going under when he ended up, you know, overachieving. Uh, Brad Powers with <laughs> us. Uh, am I supposed to believe like Kansas and Duke are actually good? Uh, I mean, they're much better than expected to start. I mean, I actually think Kansas is offensively look very legit. I mean, it started with the Texas game last year. I mean, go back to that one. They went outright as a 30-plus point underdog. And then they followed it up by almost beating TCU and West Virginia as significant underdogs at the end of last season. And then, they, I mean, obviously the start to this year, 3-0 against the number. I mean, I, West Virginia, an outright upset. Wasn't really anything fluky there. They got, then they beat a, a solid Houston team. I think Kansas is legit. Duke, I, I mean, I like Mike Elko as a head coach. I didn't think he – I thought he'd have a tough first season, but – uh, obviously, the offense is looking good, and his defense is playing better than expected. You know, I, I don't. I think both are going to flirt with bowl eligibility this year. Uh, obviously, the winner's got a major step up to start four and zero. How many teams do you think actually can win the national championship? Like, where is that first big drop off in power ratings among the top two, three, four, five teams in the country? Uh, three: Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. I mean, Michigan. I, I mean, they played three tomato cans. I mean, ask me in a few weeks when they at least play one unit that's, you know, have, you know, like Iowa's defense. So, I mean, I'd like to see that. But uh, Clemson still is kind of meandering. Oklahoma. Uh, I think there's three really good teams, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, that, that I believe can win the national championship. Then there's, you know, playoff teams like Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma. So, and people don't, you know, understand that. Like, there's a big difference between – national championship and playoff contending teams. So, and then that's where the drop off is uh, for me, three to four. Is USC a playoff contending team? Uh, yeah, just because of their schedule. I mean, now they're going to be, you know, with the exception of the Utah game, they're going to be favored in 11 of their 12 games. But I mean, I, I think they're, they might get upset this week. So a little hint, hint, wink, wink, Oregon State <laughs> plus six and a half is live. Uh, is there anything else you like this week aside from that game? 
I like a lot. I bet 45 bets at Circa yesterday morning. Uh, Oregon State's one plus six and a half. I like North Carolina pick them against Notre Dame. All right. Well, he is Brad Powers. Again, follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Brad, as always, we appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. So there's Brad Powers on college football and blew Ed Graney's hot take out of the water. Ed thought he had a hot take with UNLV's going to a bowl game with six wins, and Brad Powers walked in here and said, no, no, no. They might contend they for might. a Mountain West championship. That was just so delightful. <laughs> Forget so- about your the bowl game. Listen, according to Brad Powers, the bowl game is now the expectation. Like six and six is the floor. Ah. I, I got, I'm not going to say what I said the last time, but it's just it, there is a bittersweetness to this team finally like doing something that I'm like, ooh, neat. Nah, be excited. You don't have to like everybody that's on your favorite teams to still enjoy your favorite teams. It's perfectly fine. You don't have to like every player. It's good. You're good. I know, You're but fine. who's your who's your team's coach? Dusty Baker. No, you're that guy you're, infuriates me. Who's <laughs> on a daily Mrs. basis? Who's old Mrs. Coach? Oh, Lane Kiffin. He's great. Yes. I want Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah, he's fun. I want the guy that if he's about to get fired, you you'll find him on campus smoking heaters and walking in a circle. He uh, last week, two weeks into what, three weeks into the season, was wearing a shirt in a press conference that said "Transfer to the SIP." <laughs> like he's already That's working, awesome. he's already working the transfer portal, and that we're we're three weeks into the year, and he's like, "All right, you don't like your playing time? Come on down." All right, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go to October Beer Fest at Ellis Island Casino inside the Front Yard Beer Garden, call it now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. It's October Beer Fest at Ellis Island Casino on Saturday, September 24th. We got a pair of tickets for you. Be caller number five at 702-364-1100. Planning of that ayahuasca celebration and what you think of that OTA? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> And I was not a part of any of the planning of celebrations. They leave me out because uh, when it comes to one-trick ponies, I am kind of a one-trick one pony. You're locked in the press box. Doesn't know what ayahuasca is. I did not know what that celebration was until just now. I watched it and I was like, did he just poison their drinks? I was very confused. But now I got it. It's a good celebration. It was a good celebration. Congratulations to Jeff. He's going out to the Shriners Open. Uh, Stefan is going to watch Roger Water, Roger Waters, and Michael won tickets to go to Oktoberfest at Ellis Island. Uh, we have all those tomorrow, Jared. I'm gonna double check right all now, right. but I think we have them all week. All right. So if you want to do any of that, stay tuned. Um, we got a tweet here from Papa Lou on Twitter, Papa Lou. who says if the 1990 Rebels got together today and played the Aces, UNLV would win by 70. And yesterday when I tweeted about the Aces being the uh, best basketball team in the history of Las Vegas, I got similar comments about like, oh, last year's UNLV team would have beaten the Aces by 30 points. That's not the argument. The argument is not which one would win if they played head to head. The argument is which one is more accomplished, which one had the better season, which one was better relative to their league or conference, right? It's not about who would win. Yes, the 
100-something ranked tennis player on the men's side would beat Serena Williams. I he, actually think it happened, It right? did happen. He was 100, and I want to say 40th, and he was smoking and drinking between yeah. sets. The <laughs> U.S. women's national team, I believe, lost to a U15 boys soccer team. It's not, right? it's it's, not the same sport. Right, it's not. This is not about who would win if Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman were going head-to-head with Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson. That's not what the argument is. The argument is which one is more accomplished, which one is the best in their season, the best in their league, and it's the Aces. The Aces won every possible thing there was to win this year, except for Executive of the Year. And and they did not deserve and, to win. Executive. They did not. And Rookie of the Year, which actually, how bad the front office was to start the season makes the team even more impressive during the regular season. I kind of vaguely recall us kind of giving them a bunch of crap. They deserve because... oh, Listen, the Aces won the title, but they absolutely deserve it. They, this offseason is like as bad of an offseason as you can have while still keeping a championship team together. They literally did not Ooh. add a single player that would help. The, the Aces traded away their 2023 first and second round picks for 2022 first and second round picks and then cut both players before the season started. Pretty smart move, if you ask me. That's as bad as it gets. Freed up some uh, space. That's like as bad as it gets. You wasted four picks. You wasted two years of assets. It worked out. It did. It did. Uh, So, yes. Danny has has the best point. Well, they won, didn't they? they? They absolutely did. And I think that makes it even more impressive what they did because of how bad the se- the off season was leading into it, uh, but yeah, there, it's not about who would win if the UNLV nineteen ninety team played the twenty twenty two Aces. Yeah, the the nineteen ninety UNLV team isn't your dad. We're not like sitting there going who would win in a fight. Yes, we're talking about like one person's dad when like accomplished something. Your dad also accomplished something, but there's what eh, what was more impressive, right? So. That's not what the argument is. If you think the argument is that Asia Wilson would beat Stacey Ogman in one-on-one, that's not. That's what's a dumb take. Here. Yeah, that's not what's being argued here. That doesn't. That doesn't happen. So yes, uh, the most impressive team, basketball team in Las Vegas history, is the Aces, and maybe the most impressive team of any sport. I'm trying to think who's who's had a better season. You brought up some dumb football team. What were they? The locomotives. locomotives. The Locos. Maybe they went undefeated. Hold on, let me I see. I don't have any idea. We used to have, um, hold on, oh, we, God. we used to, to have play? some old calls. Are let you me about see to if play? I still got it. No way. I don't even know if we want to hear that. Like, it, maybe did they go like 12-0 and 0 or something I like that? I got it. Oh, boy. Is this here. Good? Yeah, it's a good. Get them inside the 20-yard line. And I like that the, the Locos' defense is on the field first. So you have to establish it. That is the strongest unit in all of the UFL the Vegas uh, defense, so let's see what they can do. Hopefully cause a turnover or at least a three and out. Again, Chris Grison is the quarterback, 6'3", 220 in for last year's MVP, Brooks Bollinger. 72% completion in the last three games, and he is back to pass on this first down and 10 play. Looks right behind his receiver and nearly picked off by Wale Dada. He was looking for Cortez Hankton in the seam, but it's incomplete. Don't have any idea why that's saved, but I have that in the system. If I also have a couple other uh, Las Vegas Locos uh, stuff if you want me to play. Don't ever get rid of it. Um, <laughs> I can say the the locomotives were not that impressive. They played a six-game regular season and went four and two, and somehow that qualified them for the championship game, which they did win. 
And then the next year they played a eight game season in which they went five and three. And somehow that still qualified them for the championship. So they're champions. Yeah. Which they won. Uh, the following year they played a four game season in which they went three and one and lost the championship game. Man. So they are kind of like the aces. They keep going to the, they keep going to the finals and the playoffs, but they've only won one. Uh, in 2012, they were 4-0, but the season was canceled. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> I mean, they finished undefeated. Might as well just give them the uh They the were 4-0. They get it? Wait, who was it? Who was it with the uh, AAF, rest in peace, that uh, said that their team might as well be called the champions because they technically had the best record? Oh, they gave out rings, didn't they? I want to say somebody was just like... You know, you all tried real hard, and we technically had the best record, so uh, we won. It was Steve Spurrier's team. Um, <laughs> of course it was Steve Spurrier. Who were they? Uh, Orlando? I think it was whoever. The, Orlando, yep. They Steve Spurrier, tw- uh, he sent out a picture of the ring he got uh, from the AAF, or from himself. I'm sure he paid for it. The AAF was bankrupt, so I don't think they paid for it. So, yeah, uh, they were 7-1 and one at the time, and they were two games ahead of everybody else in the AAF, and then they went... Uh, out of business. Our late partners. And uh, so Steve Spurrier declared himself champions and 100%. bought a ring. I am Absolutely. I'm on board with Steve Spurrier doing that. Absolutely. I would definitely do that too. Be like, ah, league folded. We're in first place. We're by, the champs. By multiple games. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a ring. Wearing that. No doubt about it. Can I, can he hang a banner somewhere? Just outside his house. Yeah, just AAF 2019, whatever year that was, champions. Outside the outside the Best Western that they stayed at during the season. <laughs> so yes, uh, celebrate that championship, and you can de- you can declare yourself the best AAF team of all time if you're Steve Spurrier. It's a it's a fancy looking ring that was expensive. <laughs>